0: The Ramchal says something very interesting, you know. And I really want to explain that because it reveals a great deal about what does God want from man? And certainly, what does he want from the Jew? What does God really want? And as it's what's called the bottom line, you know? I mean, we know in general what he wants. He wants us to do the commandments, the mitzvahs. We know that, obviously, you know. Uh, the Tariq mitzvahs, the 613 commandments, we know that. We know, of course, he wants us, uh, you know, to do all kinds of acts of chesed, kindness, right? We know that. You know, we have a, certainly a general understanding of what the Bansham wants, you see? But I want to approach it from a different way, a different slant. I want to go deeper, which is interesting. Is, and that is that doing all this kind of stuff the mitzvahs and so on really is the outer layer of something much deeper what he really wants and that's what i'd like to talk about today principally because once we understand that we know exactly why if a person doesn't do mitzvahs he endangers his whole ilim hapa his whole future world why you know if we don't know really what the version wants then it's much harder to understand what the criteria is to get into the future world, into Oilem Habo, you know? And that's what I, I, I want to go into. But Ramchal says, you know, initially, that Oilem uh, uh, Habo has a minimum. That's what he says. Now, whatever goes on in Oilem Habo is eternal, which means it never ends, which is very hard to get your mind around. What does it mean to experience something for the, in, until the end of time when there is no end of time you know it's like after a billion years in Ulum Haba right imagine you know it, it's not even a drop in the bucket for what has to go in the future because you know you cannot even, you cannot count eternity with billions of years because there's no end you see it's very hard to wrap your mind around this but whatever it is we do know that the experience in Ulum Haba is eternal And what the Rashom does is he decides that there's a certain minimal amount of deeds that a person has to do. And if he does that, then he will be able to experience the future world. Can I ask a question about that? Yeah.
1: For maybe the last last 150 to 200 years, it could be that a large percentage or majority of Jews are not Torah observable. So are we now
0: saying that their neshamas are destroyed in the next world? That no. No, mean? not at all. No. Not at all. Okay. As we uh, well that's because there are many avenues of how to get to ilm habo. I want to go into the essential avenue, but there are many different expressions, or let's put it way, many different tributaries. How to get to ilm Habo. Well, that you so you're asking So you again you're asking the same question. How do you do it? Right, and I'm telling you that there are many different tributaries. Okay, now you're probably all puzzling at that and say, well, what else is there?" You know, but I'll give you one just to satisfy you at this present time. How's that? Right, many times a tzaddik can take up the slack of somebody else, which means that if you haven't done enough mitzvahs, right, some other tzaddik somewhere else can take upon himself the burden of getting you into ilum habo. Yeah. That's, that's, that's a, that is a path. A what? It sounds
1: a little Christian. No offense. <laughs> you don't understand.
0: You don't understand. Christianity took it from Judaism. I <laughs> understand. Not the reverse. It sounds Christian because that's what they took, right? I mean, Cheskel, it's in, you know, in so on. There's the, what's called the Choyblei Siloim in Judaism, right? There are people who can take upon themselves the sufferings of the Jewish people right and they can atone right you have people who've done that they're called they're called yis, by the way that's called yesun Shalavo. i mean it's called uh, suffering of love not so the person is suffering not because he deserves to suffer he has no sins you see he is suffering in order to alleviate the burden of the suffering that the jews may have to go through you see so he can actually take away some of their debt, so to speak and they can get doylem haba you see And so on, you know? So that's a very important idea. There are paths which the B'nai has created to make sure that almost every Jew will get into Ilm HaPo. Every Jew. So you have to understand that there are variations here. That's all. I gave you one. There will come a time we'll talk about much more. Because the Ramchal talks about that a little later on. All the different paths of how you can get into Ilm HaPo. You see? But anyway.
1: And That's you
0: don't me. understand Christianity is a theft of Judaism So who's, who's who? No 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 they're not wrong because of this They're wrong because Excuse me who said he is the Messiah Well who said he's the son of God Who says any of this stuff You know it's like the converse you know It's like here's what they reason right I don't want to get into this but you know You know it, It's true that the Mashiach suffers Right? That's true. And there's a whole concept of Yeshu and Mashiach. Right? But who says if you suffer, you're the Messiah? You see, this is the problem. <laughs> who says the reverse is true? It's called the converse, right? Just because Yeshu or whatever, right, suffered, so what? You know, suffering is that. Is everybody suffers. And that's what life is all about. A great deal of suffering. You know what I'm saying? And so on. So does that mean you're the Messiah? Uh-oh. We've got problems here. You know, because that means... All of us can be the Messiah. I don't think that's true. Right? Of course it's nonsense. The Mashiach has specific characteristics. Far more than just suffering. And one of the major characteristics is that when he comes, there's a redemption. When Yeshu came, there was nothing. It got worse. Romans killed him and the whole world collapsed. Got it? Okay. Let's put it this way. You know, the job list of the Mashiach is far more than just suffering. And that's their mistake. Finished, okay. I don't want to get into Christianity, that's a whole different discussion. But I'm, only, I'm, only, I'm trying to punch one hole into it and so on, you know. But anyway, I just, anyway. Now, uh, so that's what the Ramchal says, which is very interesting. That there's a certain minimum, you see, to get into Ilam Habo. And the knows what the minimum is. In other words, if you're below that minimum, you're out. So God will give you, which I mentioned, all the good things you did, He'll give you here. Because He has to reward you. Because the attribute of justice cannot be flawed. If you did something good, I don't care who you were. You know, like I said, remember I once said, you know, a Nazi, right? You know, he kills thousands of Jews, right? But, but he once fed his parakeet. You know? Or he called up his mother and said, Hi. So that's keep it of aim. You deserve a reward for that. Are you killing thousands of Jews? Fine. So we'll deal with this. And we'll deal with that, but he will be rewarded in whatever that means, uh, in, in in this world for that good deed. But Jews nothing cancels out, you, you said see. Most anyway,
1: who? Yes, yes. Ramchal says that. What? What is the minimum? Yes. The yes. so
0: is the then? Then? That's confusing
1: when you talk about minimum. Most Jews will get into. Well, we, I'm not
0: saying what the minimum is. Oh, okay, okay. I never said that. Okay. All I'm saying is that there is a minimum, right? right? And in, other words, in order to be able to experience Unum Habbo, the Baro knows that there's a minimum. We don't know what that is, although I'm going to talk about what the minimum is about. You see, because that that's, uh, has to be explained and so on, you know. But um, there is a minimum and so on, and if you live up to the minimum, you get eternity. Not only eternity, but you get to experience God, because that's really what it's about. Eternity isn't just about living forever. You know what I'm saying? It's also about living forever with incredible bliss. You know, like I say, the the the, uh, the experience in Olem Habo, right, in the future world, right, is infinite bliss eternally. Think about that. It's really what it is. And the infinite bliss is uh, connected totally with God, experiencing the divine in a way we cannot comp- even comprehend so on. But anyway, and so on. Okay. So the question, of course, is... Is uh, what does that mean? You know, and what I want to present really is a very, very, uh, what I consider a very important understanding of what does God want for man and therefore what does He judge man about? What, obviously, the judgment that God does is all about what He wants. Yes, it's logical. So the real question is what does He want? And when we understand that, then many things become clear. Okay. Now, there are two major episodes in man. And this is going to tell us, ultimately, what we have to know. The first episode in man, which is very critical, was Adam Harishan, the first man, before the sin. Before he ate from the tree of good and evil, Right? Uh, that's the first episode. Now we know he sinned, right? How did he sin? Because he ate from the tree, correct? Which the said, don't eat from the tree. And he was coaxed into doing that by the snake, the primordial snake, the Nochosh, that convinced him and so on. And of course, as a result of that, that was a sin, and he was, of course, ejected from Gan Eden, where he resided, And he went into another dimension, another place, which basically is this world. The second major episode of man is after the sin. So the question is, what changed? Other than his being evicted, which obviously, you know. What is the real change? And the real change is very important to understand. What was the original Avedo work or task of the first man? And the second episode, is what, the second question is, what was his task after? How did it change? And so on. And for us, that's very critical. Why? Because that's what a person is judged on. He's not judged on the first task. He's judged on the second, you see. And this is, in many ways, what changed. And that's what I want to talk about. And once we have an understanding of that, we will know ultimately what is God, what is the rabbinical load really want? What's it really all about? It will also explain all the different situations a person can be found in, and they are almost infinite. Every guy has his own situation, his own predicament, as they say, you know? And the question is, what's the challenge of each person, you see? And the question is, well, what determines your situation? What determines all the gratifications, the sufferings, the successes of every person, ultimately, you see, and, you know, in in what direction does he have to really aim, you see. And ultimately speaking, this is really what the Monshom judges, and that's what I want to explain, you know, and so on. He'll explain a lot of things. He'll also explain what the concept of punishment is, suffering, what is it really, and why do people have to suffer, and so on, you know. Anyway, okay, let's take a look at Adam Rishon before the Chet, before the sin, okay? In order to understand that, really, you need to understand, the truth of reality, this is the most fundamental truth of all, is that, besides God, nothing exists. That's a profound understanding of reality. It's simple. You want to know what exists? Nothing really exists, just God. Everything else, basically, is a creation of His. You see.
1: But then it exists. What? Okay, I have a then it exist if
0: it's Wait, creation. wait. I, I once went into that. Oh. I gave a it, share. Yeah, it's, you missed, well, it's a long time ago. Uh, yeah, I'll tell you the title. Okay. Who is God? Okay. That's the title. Yeah, check it out. You'll like it. Yeah, that's where I go into... Who is God, and therefore, who are we? You know, but I don't want to repeat that here. So, you know, I'm just going to uh, sort of like say things, uh, some summaries, or whatever. The ultimate truth of reality is that there is Ain Oid vadoi. as the Torah, it says after Ladas, when the Jews received the Torah at Sinai. So Moshe Rabbeinu says, after we say it every by Shabbos before the creation, and so on, right? At the hora so you have been shown Lodash to know, right? Ki Hashem Hu that God is the Lord, the Master, right? Ainod milvadoi. Besides Him, milvadoi, ainod. There's nothing else. Now, it could have. It doesn't say ainod kamoihu. There's nobody like Him. That's what it should have said. You know, mi kamoicho, who is like you? So Shodosha said, there's nobody like him. And that's certainly true. That would have meant that he is a being of such superlatives that we cannot even comprehend the superlatives of God. But it doesn't say that. It says, besides God, there is nothing else. And that's literal. What does that mean? <coughs> okay. One is that He is the originator of everything, which means that He created everything, which means before the creation, right, there is nothing, and that's an absolute concept. There's only this being called God. Now we can figure out, we can all understand. Fine, you know. So therefore, we would say, besides God, there's nothing else. That's certainly true before the creation. After the creation, we wouldn't say that. You see, God created us, so we exist, and He exists, and so on. But the, the profound truth of that is that even after the creation, we don't exist. Now, what does that mean? I once gave an example, and that's all I will do without going more into it. You know, imagine somebody's dreaming, okay? And in his dream, you got two guys sitting at a table, right? And they're talking to each other. This isn't a dream of this guy. This guy on a couch. And he fell asleep, he's dreaming. There's the table and two guys talking to each other. And one guy says to the other, you know, we don't really exist. So the other guy says, what are you talking about? We're talking to each other. So what do you mean we don't exist? So the guy says, no, you don't understand what I'm saying. We exist relative to ourselves. But we don't really exist, we're in a dream. You see the guy on the couch? I assume the guy could say that, right? He is, we ain't. What does that mean? You know, and that's a marshal. You know? In other words, the guy on the couch really exists. You see? Now, we exist relative to the in a dream. We're a dream state. So in that sense, there is an existence. But don't ever think that we exist like the guy on the couch. You see? And not only that, not only do we not really exist like his existence, he really is. You know? The problem is if he wakes up we're gone. So it's not like we will exist even if he wakes up, which means that we really have an existence by ourselves, independent of the dreamer, uh, you know. No. As long as he's asleep, we are. When he, aches, when he wakes up, we ain't. To talk correct English, right? I
1: believe the Wait. To Bullos, quotes to Gamora, which is not described the way you're describing it. Well, I
0: don't, don't want to get into it but again. That, again, again,
1: fine. With
0: all respect. <laughs> no, it's not that I can't go into that area. That's the problem. The Talmud You're going to bring...
1: This is not
0: what the Talmud no, ain't no the Gemara says, yeah. right? Even the the You know. No other
1: power besides again.
0: Fine, That's but... What what yeah, means. okay, fine. Anyway, I, I don't want... Again, I can't go into okay, that, okay? Go is, check out the Shil. Who is... <laughs> anyway... Um, this is what Enid Mavada really means, that not only are we nobody before, the, we don't exist before the creation, even after the creation, we don't exist like him. We have existence relative to ourselves, yes, but don't ever think that you exist in the same way he does. He really is, whatever that means, and we're part of his mindset, if you want to think of it that way. Anyway. Uh, and that's the truth of creation, the ultimate truth. Okay. Now, there are three ideas about that Yichud. The first idea, okay, is that he's the only thing that exists, period, even after the creation. That means there is no, it's, there is nothing that is besides him in reality. Okay. That's called Yichud Metzi Usai the oneness of his existence. Metzius, right? Existence. Yichud Metzius means the oneness of his existence. That's it. That's what it means. He's the only thing that has whatever the quality is, being or existence. Okay. The second idea of Yichud is called Yichud Shlitasoi. He is the ultimate power, dominion. He dominates everything. There is nothing that has any power over God. And you see that in Ha'azinu, where the Bershom says, which is the ultimate state of, dom- of domination, right? I kill. Right? I kill and I cure. Right? Right? And, and so on. V'ein mi di And from my hand, hand, there's no rescuer. means if I want to do something, too bad. It's done, it's not conceivable for anybody to oppose God and win. You could oppose God, I me mean, guys do it all the time, but that's not the point. Uh, you cannot oppose God and, and, and do what you want to do. Vi ein mi and from my hand, if I decide I want to grab somebody, right? Ein mi nobody could rescue him. So therefore, and that makes sense, because if God is the only thing that exists, Clearly, he's the only dominion, the only domination force in the, uh, at, at all. Can't grab a god, it, it's over with. That's called Yichud Shlita, say. That's called the oneness of his domination, his Shlita, his control. That's the second concept of Yichud, you see, and so on, you know. There's a third concept of Yichud. <clears throat> Remember, we're talking about the exclusivity of God in the area of existence, in the area of domination or control. There's a third concept of Yichud, which Yaakov Aminu, by the way, learnt, which is very interesting, I'll uh, explain. It's called Yichud Han Hogosoi. is the oneness of his direction. In other words, whether we have free will or not doesn't make a difference in this respect. The universe must go in the direction that God wants it to go. Notwithstanding the fact that we have free will. And Yaakov Avinu, because we just, we learned the uh, VaYechi, when Yaakov met Yosef, right, it says that Yosef was crying. What was Yaakov doing? I mean, this was, you imagine what kind of meeting this was after 22 years, thinking his son was dead, and he loved Yosef. We know that because that's how the whole thing started, you know. Could you imagine finally seeing Yosef alive, a long lost son that he said was clearly dead? Can you imagine what that means, seeing him? It's unbelievable. The emotions is incredible. Therefore, Yosef was crying, obviously, of joy. But it says Yaakov Avina wasn't crying. He was saying Kriyashma. That's what the uh, Chazal say. That's interesting. Saying Kriyashma, how do we understand that? you see okay so there, there are the, the Bale Musa those people who are involved with who are involved in uh, ethics correct behavior and so on because the incredible joy that Yaakov experienced he didn't want to take it for himself he wanted uh, to add it to the midst of Kriyashma you see so he would say Kriyashma with this unbelievable joy which is great you know but if you think about it, there could be something else, different. What is that? Because he thought that Yosef was dead. Not only was Yosef dead, right? The whole thing was falling apart. Shimon was a captive, or he was, right? And then there's all the whole concept of all the problems that he went through with Esau, right? And then he had problems with Dina. She was abducted by Shem right and then Yehuda fell from his lofty position because of the story of him and Tamar. i mean everything was like terrible that's why Yaakov says ultimately to Pare, which is interesting and the years of my life was whatever and they were, and they were bad and the Chazal fault him for that what do you mean they're bad whatever but when he saw Yosef not only was Yosef alive Yosef was the viceroy of Egypt you see so he realized That everything that happened to him, basically, was orchestrated by God. Even though he thought everything was over. You know, it's over with, right? Yosef is gone, which means one of the Shvatim are gone, and you don't have any more 12 Shvatim. So, therefore, the whole concept of 12 tribes, Shvatim, as part of a Tikkun process to rectify creation, that's gone because you need 12 Shvatim, and so on, right? All of a sudden, in one stroke, of brilliant illumination, everything was solved, everything, you see. And not only that, but Yoseph is the viceroy of Egypt. Incredible, uh, you know. And then they go to Egypt, and he gets them a place in Goshen, and they able to. And Yaakov was able to live when it says Vayichi Yaakov, seventeen years. So Chazal say that he lived for the first time it was an unbelievable life. Yeah, well, who knows what that means? He was able to learn Torah all day, and he was with his kids and everybody. It was like everything that was sort of like denied him the first, you know, uh, what he called, uh, part of his lifetime. All of a sudden, it was bliss, you know, Ilm Habba, you know, Adzeh, I should say, in this world, you know? But Yaakov Arina realized at that, that instant in time, what? That everything goes in the direction that God wants, even though we think everything's falling apart that's called Yichud Hanagosoi he realized that God is the absolute master and director of creation even though everybody has free will that's what he saw and now how do you express that recognition Shema Israel, here Israel the Lord our God the Lord is one you see he's the only one that, that can direct the Bria the whole creation to its intended place you see that's the third concept of Yichud, which is Yichud Han You know, it's the absolute directorship. You see, so you got three Yichudim. Yichud Metziusoy, God is the only thing that exists. And therefore, obviously, Yichud shlitosay, God is the absolute power, period. The Amy yodimatzel, From my hand, there's no rescuer. And Yichud, what? Han HaGosoy, Metziusoy, and so on. Three of them, right? This is critical. Why? Because this is really what's real. You know? In other words, if a person has to know anything about creation, this is what he has to know. Where do we see that? Because it's a Pasuk. You see? Where it says, I Halel." Okay? Let our man not glory, praise himself, because he's wise. Forget about it. Let a man not praise himself because of his power and his might. Forget about it. Right? And so on, you know. If you want to glory about something that you've accomplished, with this you should glory in. What is that? He knows who I am. It's an incredible passage. What God is saying that there is, no, there is nothing that you can attribute to yourself. The only thing that you could take credit for is that you recognize the ultimate reality, which is me. That's it. Haskil Doya oisi That you understand and know who I am. You see? It's incredible when you think about that. Anyway, that forms a very important picture about what God wants. Now, once we understand that, this whole concept, right, of the, the three Yehudim and so on, now we get to Adam HaRishim. Okay. Remember, in the, in the, ultimately in the bottom line of what God wants is to know and believe that reality. Those three things. Okay? That's the bottom line. That's how it starts. Okay? As I showed you what the Yehudim are and the Pesukim and so on, you have, now, what happens in Ulm Haba is this. In Ulam Haba, which I, uh, you know, there's an interesting posik that says, Ayn Le so. It says, everything that the prophets, everything that the prophets said, in all the, the Nakh, right, is all about, right, is all about what? Ulm Hazer. But what will be in the future world, Ayn Le the eye has never beheld what will be in the future world, Nobody knows. You see? Now, that's an interesting statement. Because we're all wondering what is there, you know? And we know that all Ulum Habba is infinite bliss, but wow, what does that mean? You see? So I feel there's a remes. In the Lush, in the expression of the chazal, the rabbis. They don't say that the mind cannot comprehend that the mind cannot comprehend what's in Ulam Habo. It's interesting. It doesn't say that. That's really what it should have said. You know, it's a concept of Hasogo. They use a different way of explaining it. So, the eye has never beheld. That's interesting. That's a different understanding. So I believe here's what it means. The eye is never beheld. You're right. I've never seen this. So I have no idea what it is. But I can understand it. That's why I've ne- the, my, my defect is that I cannot see it and understand it from that standpoint. Because I don't know what the experience is. But I, if you tell me what the experience I can understand it. You see, that's why it doesn't say the mind is never beheld. Because we can understand it. So the question is, what is it? And the answer is, we experience... Okay, existence itself. If you think about it, the Rabban is existence. But the Rabban as I once said, doesn't have existence. He is it. That's a whole different language than saying he has it. We have existence. And therefore, since we have it, she can be taken away. He is being, per se, And nobody can understand what that means. Because we don't even know what our existence is. We know what exists. We don't know what it is that gives us existence. We don't know what the quality of being is. Now, in this world, everything has an essence, which which means what exists. But there are no degrees of existence. You either exist or you don't exist. There's no in-between. Actually, that's one of the laws of logic, you know between being and non-being, there's no middle. You know what I'm saying? You can't be in the middle of this, you know. As they say in English, either you is or you ain't. You know, there's no middle, you see. So that's what I mean, between existence and non-existence, there's no middle, and so on, you know. Or a second, it's called the transcendental laws of logic. A second law is that, you know, um, what is that? That nothing can exist and not exist at the same time. No such thing. You cannot be and not be at the same instant in time and in the same location. It's either one or the other. You see, which is very important. Because if that was true, if you can exist and not exist simultaneously, then there would be no such thing as contradiction. Because then the thing and its contradiction can exist at the same time. So our whole laws of logic would be down down the tubes. You see, but anyway, so, so we don't understand, you can't have degrees of existence. Like I say, you can have different things, which is what exists, but you cannot have degrees, either you is or you ain't, so to speak. There's no middle. There's no variations, there's no degrees.
1: But uh, no wait.
0: Uh, well, let me just finish my thought, and then you could ask, right? Um, but in you know, the there are degrees of existence itself which we can understand, but we have no conception of what that means experientially. Because we exist. We cannot understand, right? We, w- although we can understand the concept, but we have never experienced gradations of being. oilim Habbo is that place where you actually exist more, more, more. That's what it is, you see. So besides many things that take place in the future world, one of the greatest things that take place is that you actually become more real. We don't know what that means, like I say. We've never seen that, you see. We don't have any gradations, degrees of existence. But once you are connected to God, and God is existence, then the greater the attachment, the greater is the reality of who you are. That's why. And that's what the Rav essential nature is, being in itself. Anyway, uh, so that's what takes place in the Haba. Now, therefore, the Rav has predicated everything based on that experience. If you want to experience me, God says, then you have to believe in me, right? That I am, besides me, nothing exists. In other words, I am existence. That's why nothing else exists. For everybody else i have to give you the existence which means i have to allow you to emerge from me however it's done you see but ultimately even though you emanate from god it's still god that you're emanating from and guess what even after you emanate it's still god you see this is the problem we emanate from god you see but the thing is that's not that we emanate from god and now we're on our own no because he has to constantly input his emanation, which means you don't realize something. The Rabboni Shem is in you. In fact, you are totally in him. It's not that he's got, a, it, it, which is amazing, it's not that he's somewhere else. You see, you emanate from him from, uh, if you want to use the uh, expression, from nanosecond to nanosecond. You see, why? Because you cannot have a separate existence from him because you, you are not a being that. Is existence itself only that type of a being can emanate from it can be himself but we who need his existence right we don't have it I mean we have it We, we are not existence itself we need him to every nanosecond to think of us if God diverted his attention so to speak for a nanosecond you would instantly cease to exist how are you gonna exist you're not existence itself wait Therefore, ultimately speaking, right, God is in, completely in every one of us. He is so close to you that you don't even realize how close He is to you. Because without that, you couldn't exist. Therefore, Eulam Harbor is interesting. It's a place, you see. Now, what the Rebbe is going to do is you emanate from Him, but He's now going to allow you to feel Him in you. That's what happens in Ullam Habo. And as you feel him more and more, and that's called dvekus, or attachment, you begin to become more and more real in whatever world that, in whatever world that is. And therefore, ultimately speaking, this is an upward climb, you see. And in many ways, in every nanosecond, you feel more and more real because you are attaching yourself to God, whose essence is existence itself. Now that's the main thing that goes on. Oilim Abba. There are other things, but this is the essential concept. Therefore, what the Baruch did is very interesting. He said, "If you want to experience my existence, my, my right, which is really enoid mivadai. Hey, you got to believe in enoid Mavaday. See, that's the measure for measure. Mida connected mida." I give an example. Imagine a guy's walking down the street, right? And all of a sudden he sees there's a Brinks truck and they're bringing in sacks of cash to the bank, right? And all of a sudden he's walking past and the guy says to him, excuse me, you know, we're shorthanded. One guy called and sick. We need you to help us. Would you help us? We'll give you a reward. So the guy says, no problem. He says, okay, take two sacks and go into the bank and put it in the vault, right? And the guy says, fine. So he does that, and he works there for an hour, right? He's putting in sacks and sacks, you know, probably wishing on the way, wow, maybe I could take a little of this stuff, right? Uh, Right, and all of a sudden, you know, he's, he, an hour's up and the guy says, thank you, okay, what's the reward? The guy says, come with me. So he takes him to the vault, and he asks him, "Uh, where's the stuff you put, where's the sacks of coinage or dollars or whatever, right? Where did you put it, just over there in that corner? So, you know, so he says, okay, that's your reward, what you gathered. In other words, the reward is the task. Is that something else? Well, if you did this job, now I'm going to give you money. No, no, no. That what you did is the reward. See, that's what the Rav Hashim did. In other words, the more you believe and understand that He is the ultimate existence of everything, you will be privy to accept or understand or experience that existence measure for measure you see in the end it's really simple that's what happens you see therefore we begin to understand that the whole Olyam Hazeh is predicated on belief of Eneb this is what you have to understand now we can begin to understand other things let's take a look at Odom remember I'm telling you a very important principle the whole uh uh conception that a person has to understand is there's nothing else but God, either in existence or in dominion or in directorship. Period. That's an absolute uh, what do you call it, um, Authority, so to speak.
1: the well, same thing just the difference in your perception? It's really, you don't the, if exist as much over here and you don't, as much as, and
0: you don't but over as there, as there as you experience much existence much greater than you do here. Well, he, he, well I'll, I'll, I'll explain, you know, further and so on. You know, this is a critical understanding of what is the reality, you see, and what God wants. He wants you to believe reality, which is that He is the only thing that exists. Everything else is man-made. It's, forget about it. It's called fake news. Right? And so on. Okay, now, so what does He do? So now he creates Rishon, first man, right? And remember what the task is, the essential, what does God want from you? Okay, what's the task of Odomarishan? Right? Also, Odomarishan exists, but Odomarishan is not in the world that we are. In Kabbalah it's called Olim Yitzirah. Mauritian is in a different dimension than we are. What does that mean? Okay. It means there is no other... There is no other There are other existences because the Banisham created the world, obviously, and so on, you know. But he is in a world that evil doesn't exist. Although it is manifest in a certain sense, the Nochosh, The snake is the spokesman of the Satan. But the Satan does not exist in the same dimension as the you see. Now, what does the Satan want to do? And this is very interesting, Okay. What was the Mauritian's job, first of all? His job was to understand. He knew that God was the ultimate power, obviously. He was created on the sixth day. In no way could he have fooled himself in saying, I made everything, you know, like some politicians like to do, you know, where I take credit for you know, whatever, you know. He knew the Version created the whole world. He knew that. He's just incredible, and he understood what the world was. It's an unbelievable, complex place, you see. But he didn't know one other thing. He knew that God is the ultimate power, but he didn't know that God was the only thing. What he suspected, that maybe there could be possibly another power like God. You see the difference? He knew that the is the only thing of power, period. The uh, uh, um, um Matzel, he knew that, because he saw the awesome products of God, it's incredible, because he was created at the end. But he thought that there could be another power, maybe there is not, but there could be another power like God. So he didn't understand that the only thing that exists is God, Yichud Mitziusah. He was missing that concept. Big problem. So along comes the Nachosh, right? And he says the following, and I understand what he's saying. He says, wait a minute, you know. He said you can't eat from the tree. Do you know why? So the Nachosh says that besides God, there's also the tree that has a separate existence. And if you eat from that tree, you will become God. And he says that. V'yisim Wow. That's exactly what Odom suspected. And the Nohosh is saying that God, there's no Yichud Metziusoi, it's all Yichud Shlitasei. But if you eat from the tree, you can rival God. And the reason why God doesn't want you to eat from the tree is because He doesn't want any rivals.
1: Who created that
0: tree? No, so he, he didn't know. Well, I, there's no conversation about that. You know, so, you know, whatever it is, it, 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 it's the whole universe starts off with God and the tree. But the tree is more essential. Because then God ate from the tree. You see, you know. And therefore, that's why God is God. That's v'yisim ke'lokim. And Rashi says that. He said, Rashi brings that down. Chazal. If you eat from the tree, you will become like God. V'yisim ke'lokim. And that's the God's power source. You see? Now, what, so, so, and the problem is, Adam didn't know Yechud Mitzvah, so he, he couldn't know it because God concealed it from him or else there would be no task. If he knew that truth, right, of course he wouldn't have eaten the tree. The whole thing is nonsense. But since that truth was denied him, right, so he thought there was a possibility. Hey, it's not a bad idea, you know. And in his mind, of course you want to be God, what's the problem here? you know, and so on. And therefore he ate from the tree. That's why. Because that was the line that the Nochosh, the snake, told Chava, and she then told it over to Adam. And Rashi says this, that if you eat from the tree, you can become like God. Wow, what a temptation. So therefore, Adam Rishon failed to understand, because apparently with his intellect, he could have said, what are you talking about? you know, in whatever the way he could have arrived at that conclusion. But his intellect was beyond belief, Odom Rishon. In fact, it was so incredible that even the Malachim, the angels, started singing song to him, Shira, because they thought he was God. I mean, we, we don't even understand what Odom was before the sim. you know. But anyway, that was his thought. And that was the error. And once you have that mistake, that you could be like God, of course you can eat from the tree, you see. Now, then God says to him, excuse me, you know, he said, and he warned him, on the day you will eat from that tree, you will die. Why? What is it, some kind of punishment? Not really. It's a measure for measure. Because if you eat from the tree, thinking that you can become like God, right, which means then you can exist independently of me. So measure for measure. If you think you can exist independently of me, guess what? I will take away my existence of you, because you think you can make it on your own, make it on your own. Well, of course we know he can't, and he drops dead. The concept of death was a midah k'neged mida. It was a consequence of his belief. It wasn't a punishment, you see. That's what it was. Now you become the whole logic of what's going here. Because the task of Odom was to go from yichud shlitosoi, the absolute power, to yichud mitziusoi, nobody else and he failed therefore what happened measure for measure because you believe you can become god that illusion becomes much greater much more difficult to dispel you see so odom then fell into a into the world this world what is this world and this world is a great world to promote the illusion of self and then you begin to understand, what, what's the problem here? What does it have to do with Olam Haba? <clears throat> he fell into the world of Olam hazeh, this world. What's the problem? Well, this world is perfectly positioned to promote and to enhance your illusion. Why? First of all, it's Geshem. It's physical. If it's physical, it's no longer spiritual so you're not even in contact with the spiritual world that's number one and in the spiritual world they see the incredible presence of god you see so the physical world which is material physical that automatically conceals the spiritual bad news the second thing is the spiritual world has period has separation you are here you are there everybody looks separate what we look, we see a whole bunch of zoolosoids, others. And when you see others, then what do you get the feeling? That there's no one being. There are many beings, you see? And therefore this, the second illusion of this world is that there are many others. There's trillions of others. There's man and all the animals and all the beetles, you know, everything. So therefore you're fooled to think that there are many beings, you see? So why believe in one being? That is the only being. So that's the second problem with this world. Is that it has others. And we're fooled in that. You see. Then there's a third problem. When God said to him, In the sweat of your brow you will eat bread. So everybody thinks, well now you got to work for a living, right? Until now it was all freebies. You just pluck the fruit off and eat, you know. Right? That's what everybody thinks. No. What the Baha'u did is the measure for measure. Since you now have the illusion, right, you do not understand that I am the only thing that exists, that there can be others, you will now have to contend with a phenomena, non, where you believe you exist independent of me. How? Because God said, until now, you ate because you knew it wasn't you. The source of your livelihood wasn't you. It was me because I created everything and now you're taking the freebies but if the only way you could eat is by working then you have an illusion that it's me that causes this to happen you see once God made your livelihood dependent on your activity you think you're a cause it's no longer because God is the cause you think you're a cause yeah, but that increases the illusion of self You see, so Odom now had this terrible, uh, after the chet, he now fell into the world of the illusion of self, that I exist independent of God, which is backed up by physical world, by many beings, by the fact that whatever I do happens, and if I don't do it, it doesn't happen, therefore I think I am the cause, I'm the guy, right? And then we have a sense of self. We're all walking around we feel we exist independent we have a sense of self you see and that itself creates the illusion of self you see because really we don't really exist at all like the dream and so on therefore there are at least four different things going on in this world right that increases the illusion of self which is the exact opposite of any you see, so what the Bani did, what happened was, and this is the measure for measure of Adam reason. You want to think that you, there can be another self? Guess what? You will fall into a world that enhances that belief. And then what's your, what's your challenge? You've got to work through the illusions and realize that none of this is true. That it's all God. That's why it's so much harder. See, Adam Rishan in his world knew that God was the absolute power. He saw it. So from there, it wasn't such a big drop to go, well, maybe he's the only power. There can't be another power. We, however, are faced with something much worse, much greater challenge. We are confronted constantly with things that indicate to us that we're somebody. We are a cause. We don't need God, you know. Uh, this is the problem. And one of the worst things that God did to us is not only create an olim hazeh, which is physical, mm-hmm. bad news one, many beings, bad news two, but the fact that we have a sense of self, bad news three, but that's aggravated by what? Because only, the only thing that will get done is if we do it. So therefore we think we have, the, it's called the illusion of causality. And if I'm a true cause, Of course I exist independent. Where's God? He didn't do it. It's me. That's the mistake. And uh, and that is the world of Adam Rishon. He fell into that. He fell into a world that embodies and enhances, promotes the illusion of self. But the real concept is not that. The real concept is Einoid Milvadoi, you see. And that's what God wants. He wants you to believe the reality, of which is Einoid Milvadoi now we understand very important idea so he, i'll give you a very interesting ratio it's called the sg ratio s stands for self g stands for god in a given life right what's the ratio of belief is it more self less god is it more god less self you see Now let me show you what the Rav Shem did, which is very interesting. The Rav Shem now creates many, many different qualities of existence. For instance, chesed. Why do we have to be about chesed? Why? I mean, don't get me wrong, it's nice. It's nice to help somebody else out, do a chesed, which is an act of kindness. Why? Why does it exist? Why does mercy exist? You see? Why does happiness exist? Why does pride exist? What is this all about? You see, I will tell you. Because each one of these things, what God created is all the qualities, plus the mitzvahs, that He wants to exist. Because each one of them, you will be placed in a specific predicament or situation in this world, that will embody all these possible qualities. You see? Forget about why. Why? And your assignment in that predicament, your situation, with all these qualities, right, is to believe it's all God. What does that mean to believe it's all God? Which is interesting. Because all of these qualities will, will test you on the parameter of do I believe in God as the cause or I am the cause because I'm a self. Let's take chesed. Why is there chesed? Now it's nice, don't get me wrong. Why is it important to help others, right? To do things for others. And the answer is because that will take away the emphasis on self. You see, remember I told you, what are the two elements in this world that Odom is now subjected to? And we, right? It's either you believe in yourself or you believe God is the only thing. S-G. Got it? Think about that. What does Chesed do? Chesed means, I want to help somebody else. But wait a minute. That means you're de-emphasizing self and you're putting somebody else as important. That's a de-emphasis of self. That's what chesed is. Think about that. When you do chesed, right? You're not saying I'm the only guy around or I exist independent, right? I need to care about others, but why? Because there are others, so it's a diminishment of the illusion of self because there are other people that are also important now it's true even if you do chesed it doesn't mean you believe in God remember there are two sides of the equation there's self and there's God right now but chesed does de-emphasize the self there are many things that de-emphasize self hopefully that will move you along the line of believing in God Because there's a great goal in disillusioning the fact that you are somebody. That's half the battle won, you see. So when you're a Bal Chesed, right? Pride and humility. Pride is when you think you're somebody. Humility is an understanding that I'm nobody. That's a quality too. You see? Every quality that you can think of, right, is ultimately tied to trying to get yourself to de-emphasize yourself and to believe that God is everything punishment why is punishment a, a method of tikkun because when a person is suffers not punishment excuse me suffering why is suffering right why is that a tikkun process remember i once mentioned there are three ways to do the tikkun one is mitzvah commandments chuva to repent and to suffer why is suffering what, what, what's the logic of suffering? Because what suffering does, it, when you suffer, if, you, if you're somebody, then why can't you get up and walk away from the suffering? Suffering is a great teacher that you're nobody. And you gotta go through the suffering. You see, and what that does is again, it de-emphasizes self. And hopefully, you'll then move toward that God is everything. You see, so there are many qualities and phenomena that are there to de-emphasize and remove the illusion that you're somebody. You see? Therefore, all the qualities really place you in this challenge. And that's your assignment. Will you believe you're somebody? Or you de- den- will you deny self and that God is everything? It's always that. Why? Because that's the bottom line of ilam Habba. That's why. You see? So therefore, If you take a look at all this, what God did, is all the qualities, which I just mentioned, you know, there's pride, there's humility, there's chesed, there's there's graciousness, right? There's gratitude, gratitude, will you think that what? That you did it yourself or will you thank God? It always comes back to the same concept. Self or God, you see? And therefore what God did is he created all the qualities, And he created millions of different situations. And he took neshamas and he placed them in each situation. No two situations are exact, you see. So it comes out that our assignment is what's called in, in a complete environment of self or God. There's no way to get around it, you see. And therefore, that's our assignment. In your particular environment of self versus God, you see, What are you going to do? And that's what God judges. You see? Now, why is this guy in that situation of self versus God and somebody else in some other situation of self versus God? Because there are millions of different possible situations. I'll give you an example. God creates wealth and poverty. He created wealth and poverty. There's some guys who have it. And some guys, it's like the the world is divided between the haves and the have-nots, right? You know, why? Because embedded in wealth and poverty, the quality is also the possibility of self versus God. I'll show you how. You're wealthy, right? So a guy can say, I'm wealthy because it's my brilliance. I'm the guy who made me wealthy. So that's pride, you see? Or why should I do chesed? It's my money. I'm not going to give it out. You see, but that's all in the service of self. But he could do it in the service of God, where he could say, it's not me, wealth comes from God. You see, and not only that, let me use it to help people. So it comes out that wealth is a perfect phenomenon that throws you into this quandary, self and God. Poverty, same thing. A guy can say, poverty, why am I poor? You know, because, right? Because it's me and I'm stupid. No, but it's not. You're poor because God made you poor, you see, and therefore you realize that it's not you. It's the Rabbana it's God, you see, or you could say, you know, you could recognize that it's God, right, and then be okay with it and say, listen, that's what God wants. It's got to be a good reason, you know, or you could say, I'm poor and, and be disgruntled and say, how could this be? You see, and be angry. So you see, wealth and poverty is nothing more than a possibility of self versus God. You see how incredible the whole thing lines up. In other words, everything you do is always, is it me or is it him? You see? And therefore, God chooses which particular predicament or situation of self versus God you'll be in. You see? That's why all these qualities ultimately lead to the same thing. You are assigned in a particular area to exemplify or be challenged by self versus God. That's the one common denominator that unites everything. Now, the question as to why you're in this predicament, and why not some other, that depends on your root neshama. only God knows. It depends on where you emanate from, and that's all <coughs> mystical and so on, you know? You know, in other words, it could be some root shamma, and that's how it all starts, whatever, Right? That therefore, okay, this root and Shema has to go through this predicament or situation in order to be thrust into the challenge of self versus God. And that's his assignment, you see? And if he chooses, and now we begin to understand, if he chooses self more than God, there's the minimum. Why? Because Oilam Haba is all about God and nothing about self. So there's a minimum, of how much did you choose the SG ratio, the self versus God ratio? If the majority of your life, in many ways, and every sin is nothing more than a statement of self, because I can do what I want, he doesn't exist, I exist independent, so I can do whatever I want. Everything is a reflection of self versus God. Now, if you go to a lifetime where most of your choices were self, you see, right, then how do you have all your You cannot appreciate God because everything's been about self. You see? So God said there's a certain minimum of God that you let in. It means that you chose in your assigned area all the qualities and your situations and so on, you know? So if the overwhelming majority is the choice of self, you see, then uh, it's over with. Because you cannot get Oilem Haba, which is fundamentally only God, However, if you've chosen God, mostly, then even if there is self, and there always is something, it's a whole, takes a lifetime to get rid of the illusion of self, you see, then you get Oilem Haba. And now you understand what something. The Ramchal in Mesilat Sishoram, the last attribute that he talks about that you have to work on is anivus, humility. Why? Humility is just an attribute. no. It's not. It's the end all. Because <coughs> humility means it's God, not self. That's why that's the last parak chapter, in Masilat Sisham. Because we don't realize, in the end, humility is the ultimate statement that God is everything. And I am basically nothing. I exist to serve Him. That's humility. The reverse of that is holiness and pride where I am. You see? And that's why that's the last chapter in Mesir HaShisham. Because it is the ultimate goal. The Ramchal is not telling you this as a midah, as a characteristic, you know, a a good character. Of course it is. But that is the ultimate goal. Pride or humility. (coughs) Self or God. That's really what it is. Why was Moshe Rabbeinu the greatest... We cannot even measure his humility. The most humble person. He most what? The most humble person. Yeah, what what does that mean? I mean, was the Torah trying to praise a characteristic of Moshe? No. What it's trying to say is Moshe Rabbeinu reached the greatest ratio of self versus God. It's all God. He got it. So that's why the Torah praises him as what? as the most humble man who ever lived. Now you can understand. It's not because God is trying to say, by the way, I want to tell you who this Moses was, who Moshe was. Well, he's a really humble guy, you know. I'm I'm sure he was more than humble. You know what I'm saying? But humility is the end of the path. It's the end of the road. Humility meant that the ratio that he lived with and died with is 99.999% God and 0.001% self. I mean, and I, I may even be wrong on that. It could have been 100% God, you see. <clears throat> that's what the SG ratio is. You see, it's humility in the end. That's, the, that's why the Ramchal has it at the end. That's why the Torah praises Moshua Abbeinu. You see, and that's why in the end, that is the greatest of all meters, is humility. Because humility means it's all God, to the extent that you're humble, and self is nothing, you see? So we understand beautifully what's going on. In the beginning, the task of Adam, before the sin, was don't think there's another power possible. Why? Because God is the only thing that can exist, you see? Along comes the snake and says, excuse me, there's the tree. But that told Adam that it's possible to be another power to rival God, right? And, of course, that was the error. And that's why he died. That's why the death sense. I mean, he ultimately did die, even though not then, right? Because death is the ultimate vindication of God that you don't exist at all. You know? And therefore, of course you're going to die because you don't have me because you think you're independent. You see? Everything fits. You understand what's going on here? So when Adam sinned, he now was thrust into a different universe which is called Oilem Hazeh. It's called Oilem Hasiyah. This world, where you now to contend with what, Yeshoid Mivadoi or Einoed Mivadoi. Now there was Yesh. There's some besides God, all over the place. It's all over the place. Physical, so we don't experience spiritual. You see, we gotta work for a living, so we think we're the cause, right? And then there's so many different other beings, and the other beings that seem to be able to do whatever they want. This is incredible, illusionary world. So it's much harder to break out of this. But that was the answer to Adam. Hey, you want to think there's another power? You want to think there are other beings? Guess what? You're now going to live in a world that has everything to fool you. That there are illusions of others. You see? And we are in that world. That's why ultimately we all have the challenge. And the bottom line of everything, you see, is the SG ratio. Sounds funny. Sounds like mathematics. But that's what it is. It's the self versus God. And everything is predicated on that. And that's why suffering is a tikkun device. Because at least it minimizes the illusion of self. Because if you were somebody, why can't you remove the suffering? You see, that's why it's a tikkun device. And so on, you see. But ultimately, an mitzvah is a device that allows you to say, I observe your commandments. Why? Because only your will counts. Because only you exist. That's what a mitzvah is. And tshuva counts as a tikkun device. Why? Because when you say do tshuva, what are you really saying? I retract my testimony that I'm somebody, and I want to say I'm sorry, and guess what? You're everybody, and that's why repentance is a tikkun device. You see, everything centers around that. Everything. And that's what Odin was all about, you see? And that's what God measures. Now you come full circle, you see, of Olam Haba. Since Olam Haba is the place of the SG ratio, right? So there's a minimum. How much self will you employ in? you see? And that's what God judges. So we need to strive. And that's why mitzvah and tshuva, why all this is so important? Because mitzvah and tshuva, these are vehicles, instruments, where we can change the SG ratio. Where we can say it's God and not self. There are nothing more than vehicles to do that. That's why without mitzvahs and tshuva, forget about it. Then the only thing God is stuck with, if He wants to help you out, is suffering. Because at least that will diminish your illusion of self. It's half the way there. You see, that's the problem here. But if you do mitzvahs and tshuva, of course it's different. In any case, that's what God wants. He wants the ratio of SG to be G, not S. And there's a minimum of S that he will tolerate, so to speak. We don't know what that is, obviously, but if you're too much into self, where you think you're everything, somebody, and so on, and there's so many different ways to do that, and so on. I'm not going into that, right? Then, in in that sense, you're failing, you see? And there's a minimum which we don't know. Because you cannot experience a world, the future world, where the only thing that counts is God, and that's the only experience going on, if there's a tremendous amount of illusion of self. That's the, the key concept. And that's why also, one more statement, in the Gemara it says, lefum tsaro agro. What is the reward dependent on tsaro? Agro is the reward, Tsara is the suffering or the pain that you do to do a mitzvah. Why? And the answer is, because if you want to do something that involves a little self-sacrifice, it testifies to God, but not so much because it wasn't no big deal. But what happens in order to do a mitzvah? You got to go through, you know, you know, as they say, you know, all kinds of uh, obstacles and hurdles and all that. That means what are you really saying? That I believe God is so much God, and I'm so little. Right, that I will be willing to deny self, pleasure and comfort and suffer to do the mitzvah. That's why the amount of reward you get depends on the self-sacrifice of the mitzvah. Because self-sacrifice denies self. The greater the self-sacrifice, the greater is the denial of self. Obviously. Because if you felt you're somebody, what are you doing this for? So only a person will be Mursa Nefesh if he truly believes that God is everything. Therefore, the reward of that is much greater because it increases the amount of belief you say in God as opposed to self. Got it? Everything (coughs) is, is beautifully understood once you understand what the key of this world is. You see? It's God versus self or self versus God. It is our job and it's our assignment in whatever predicament you are in whatever that is, you know, know, and so on. Because that predicament is nothing more than a situation that will force you to choose between the self, illusion of self, and the reality of God. That's all it is. Except there's millions of different possibilities and situations that can do that. But in the end, it's always about, is it about me or about God? Think about that. Uh, In every every, uh, event of your life, there is always that concept, is it me or God? And that's the, that, that explains the different situations that all mankind, or especially Jews, find themselves in. You see? And I, again, like I say, you know, the root soul is what determines. But ultimately, the predicaments are all the same. You know, whether you're wealthy or poor, it's the same situation. That you need to stand up and say, it is God and not self. No matter how you find yourself. You see? In the end, it's all the same. It's just that it's different situations that bring you out or force you to make the declaration. That's all. And that's the assignment. And that is why if you say God instead of self in the greatest possible way, you will be as great as Moshe Rabbeinu. And that's what it means. Any person could be as great as Moshe Rabbeinu. What does that mean? Not here. But in Ulam Haber, why? Because since the test is SG, self versus God, if in your assignment, that's what you did, if you put up 99.999% God instead of self, guess what? You're like Moshua Beinu. It's true. The only difference between you and Moshua Beinu is that he had a different assignment. You see, that's all. But in the end, it's the same assignment. It boils down to the same principles that's why you see and that's really what god wants i want you to be god think about god that i want you to understand the reality of and just put yourself out of the picture you need to deny self you need to deny that you cause everything except you have free will but then again god gave you the free will you see you must see the reality in the end it's all about god totally he's the only thing that exists he's the only power and cause that exists and he's the only director of existence and all of this has been planned with unbelievable precision and we're all in the middle of this you see and the problem problematically is that there is a minimum that's not good you know but like i say there are many things that God does to help you. And by the way, one of the things that he does to help you is suffering. Suffering is supposed to help you. How? By denying or teaching you a lesson that you're basically nobody. Because if you were somebody, why don't you get yourself out of the suffering? You can't. You see, it's funny, suffering has an incredible way of grabbing you and not letting go. And you're trying to get out of it and squeeze out of it and just ain't not working. That's a tremendous lesson. You're nobody, really, you see? So that's half the job. If we can get you to realize you're nobody, maybe you realize there is somebody else, and he's somebody, he's everything. You understand the logic of all this, and so on. Anyway, uh, so that's why I try to explain what does God want, and um, any questions? Yeah,
1: and uh, I always wondered uh, what the phrase, let my soul be like, does. What is that being humble? What does that really mean?
0: I don't know. What are you saying? In
1: the, in the prayers, it says, "Let my soul be like
0: dust." No. Well, be like dust means that
1: to be humble. Be humble.
0: Yeah, it yeah. It's a concept. You had a question. Do you want to ask it? Um, I I wanted you know now now you can ask you know. I Just
1: I wanted just, to. I, wanted to, think to think I just wanted to finish this whole thought out. You know. I think maybe it might have been Olesham who was a great. You know, yeah, I think he Yashav. sort of uh, denounced the idea that yeah. we should believe everything is God because I don't destroy the Torah why would it destroy the Torah? Is God because, because then, then what am I doing? nothing I do has any meaning has any
0: purpose no I don't understand what the, uh, how do if you make that conclusion? you have free will why does nothing have meaning? well that's what that it's I all about what?
1: Say, if I have free will then I must exist you, can't say, you do
0: exist Relative That means no, Again, the only That's why I'm trying to give you this example yeah. The dream There is no other way to understand it But the one who says Einoi Mamish Rav Chaim Veloshin. Do you know that? Rav Chaim Veloshin says When it says he, And he says You know Mamish Not I mean, figuratively said, means And we're not supposed to uh, be on
1: it. No, but that's he, what he But he day. says
0: Mamish You know what Mamish means? Literally that's what he says uh, I mean it's God, not just him Ramchal says that
1: the leshem, the leshem
0: you need to show me the leshem and no, I will be no, glad no, to take a look I at it, the leshem it. Uh, I, I, I would disagree is, I disagree show me the leshem there's
1: no Torah left
0: otherwise. no 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 why isn't there Torah left there I don't no, stand Torah.
1: because, he, he, because it, almost every Peru says that Hashem created the universe yeshmi so, if you, if you, if you, it's necessary, because, because if you say he created it out of himself, then, then it's, there's no, there's no reality to do in Torah and Mitzvahs. But well, I, G- I think, G- no,
0: no, no, I don't follow your logic at all. What, I, what, I think what you, I think what you're bothered with is the, if, that, that, that I have, you, you're afraid that I have exaggerated. The presence of God in so many ways that basically you have nothing left to do, or that whatever you do is meaningless. I think that's what your f- problem is. Well,
1: I, I think that's the direction Hasidim. Yeah, I, but, but so Rambhal I, I want to answer that. Wait. All quotes the Gomorrah and I think sixty-seven. Ainod <clears throat> means there's no other power, but we don't say that nothing exists besides Hashem.
0: No, Ain well, ainod means right, ainod mavado means right all the subsequent things are false. One of them is that kishuf, because I, like I mentioned, there are three forms of Yichud, three of them. And the Gemara is saying that even Kishuv doesn't exist, Klap right? Because God is the Shritasoi. But it, it's not talking about all the Yichudim, you see? But as part of the Yichud, certainly there's Kishev. That Kishuv is not a power. There's no question about that. That doesn't exclude Metziusoi, you see? That doesn't exclude it. It merely means that, that there is no other power than God, right? And that's, uh, the, the whole, that's why k- kishuf doesn't mean anything. But that, that in no way excludes. Now, in terms of what you're saying, meaning, no. What Durban Shem said is, listen, it's true that I'm involved in everything. But I'm going to give you one area that I am not involved with at all. And that is free will which means that free will, and we don't know how it works, by the way. We have no idea how it works, because to us, it, we, it, it, it's, it, it's almost impossible, because how could we have something in mind that doesn't exist in the mind of God? What gave it existence? But anyway, we don't really know how it works. But the idea is that free will does make you a true cause. We have no idea how it works, but that's what free will is. You are a true cause in the one area called free will. And you know what that called free will is? In that, what the area of which I once gave a free will? The free will exists in the decision. After the decision, it's up to God. In other words, you need to decide what do I want to do? And the decision is where it's free. God does not put into your mind a decision. You decide. Now, whether you'll be able to carry it out, it's all God. But it does make a difference.
1: Yeah, but once you say anyway free
0: will you can't say that Hashem is the only thing that exists then. No 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 no, no uh, contradict. Aga no no aga again. again With the I, I, there is an existence. There is. But we don't understand what it means. There is we exist too. You, you, I understand. Hashem is an unnecessary existence. We are contingent existence, I understand but no no but, but all I'm saying is this Einoid Mulvadoi Mamish. Rabb Chaim says this. God literally is the only thing that exists. And we don't understand, then how could we be talking to him or praying to him? We don't know. That is a mystery beyond us. But in whatever it is, we need to understand, he, not only he's the only director, he's the only force or cause. He's the only thing that is. And that's what Einoid Mulvadoi means. And Rabb Chaim says that openly. Mamish. Literally. Not figuratively, literally. Now, so what I try to... No, 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 no. Mitzidoy. We don't exist, Mitzidoy. That's what it means. And it answers many questions. Now, we do not, we cannot penetrate the mystery of that. We don't know. We cannot. But we do know uh, that he is of And Oylem Habo is experiencing that of eternally. But we don't know how it works. Nobody knows. Because to understand why we don't exist, which would mean automatically that you would not exist to understand it, this is the problem. There are malachim that are trying to figure this out, and as soon as they get close to understanding what Einar Mavada is, they cease. Because how could you understand that that you don't exist? But that is the you have to check it out. The only thing that God did where we where we exercise. Independent existence, which is a complete mystery, as I pointed out, is Bechira. But free will exists only in the decision process itself. After that, it's all God. All God. But now, so the only way I can explain that, the mystery, is by the example of the dream. There is no way to understand it. But this is what's brought down, really. That's the, you know, and so song. One, on Gimel, on can I say one other thing? In sure. Gimel, I think Eric Gimel of Nefesh he yeah.
1: says, fools believe everything is God. And he uses very strong language look it up in
0: there. But that doesn't mean this is a, a fool's errand.
1: I'm not calling you a fool, you know, I'm, I'm not a fool, rather, but he says I, 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 he's, he's addressing, I
0: think, the Hasidim. Uh, uh, wait, 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 wait a minute, wait a minute, I, that's, I think, that's... I, uh, fine, uh, you know, I want to tell you something. If you have something specific, no problem. But you're much too vague and no, there's he, not he, enough material.
1: I think it's But then you
0: it's need to understand, rules. fine, you need to understand why it's foolish. Why? Why? What, what was foolish about that?
1: Well, first of all, he talked about...
0: Uh, but I, I, I'm, I'm really
1: distorted. off... Well, you know that he might make a brach in the bathroom, but he also says mm-hmm. it'll, it'll undermine many fundamental principles of the Torah. It's not just you make a brach in the bathroom; it'll undermine many fi- principles of the Torah. He says that in, in I know in in, in Char-
0: Okay, isn't so that that's a whole that's then yeah. it's a whole different discussion. What I'm trying to say is very simple. Um, this is what Einod Mivade means, and the, the mystery of how it is we do not know at all. We cannot know, obviously, and so on. But the first thing that God did. Is he created what's called a zurasai. The first thing that God created after the tsimsum, which means he restricted his being, which doesn't mean literal, obviously, you know, he created what's called a zurasai, an other. Before God, before, before the creation, there was no such possibility of an other. Why? Because Einar'd Because he's the only thing that exists at all. So what he did is he created an other But the, the interesting thing about it is that And then once you have the uh, ability of other That you could bring anything into existence Okay The problem is The other doesn't exist like him Even after the other
1: But it still
0: exists uh, But, but, see, but it, it exists the same way as a dr- People in a dream exist with the dreamer It's a
1: little dangerous with all the respect Because it means uh, Anyway uh, Okay yeah, uh, yeah, okay. Yeah, okay.
0: Uh, no, because relative to ourselves we exist. That's all we need to know. In other words, there's an Oilam Habba, everything exists relative to ourselves and as far as we're concerned, that's fine. I what what's talking about what exists uh, what is,
1: how we look relative to Hashem? You, even talk about it. you know that's a problem. You're 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 really sort of in, intimating that maybe we you know the Hashem Because
0: we have to realize that God doesn't have facsimiles. God is not a man, right? He's not an angel, he has no facsimiles, nothing, right? <clears throat> and even what he created, which is the concept of other, right? He's not them, he's not an other. Because he's, when it says God, you know, it says, in the in, the, in, the, in the, uh, and I have not changed. What do you mean you haven't changed? There's you before the creation and there's you after the creation. So what do you mean you haven't changed? Right? Interesting. And the answer is, he never changed. Because he really never created anything. Based on his perspective, there is no creation. Uh, in some way, we, we don't understand the mystery of I have never changed.
1: This, anyway. That's, where, that's where I think the problem is. The only perspective we have is our own perspective. We can't talk about what his perspective
0: is. I often joke and I say if, we, if nothing exists besides God, so why can't a guy lay himself down in the middle of a highway and say, listen, what's the problem here? Cars don't exist, right? But here's the problem. Now, here's the problem. That a car which is a relative existence can kill a person who is also relative existence. You see, there are rules in relative existence. But in the end, the most I can tell you is that our existence not only is not like Him, you know, it cannot sustain itself without Him at all.
1: It's contingent
0: existence. <laughs> Correct. And not only that, in the end, to God nothing happened we don't understand that that is a mystery which we don't and by the way Moshe Rabbeinu wanted to know what that means when he said "Hareini no show me your glory you know what I'm saying first he wanted to know show me your ways which means because if you know God's ways you know everything because everything is because of product of God's ways Moshe Rabbeinu <coughs> asked the two greatest questions of all Show me your ways, which means if I know why, everything is because of you. And if I know why, guess what? I know everything, right? But the second thing is, HaReim show me your glory. What, what does that mean, you know? What he wanted to know is, how can I really not exist and talk to you at the same time? He wanted to penetrate the mystery. And, he, and, and God said to him, Lo you, O'dem you cannot, you cannot know that. And that's why the Torah starts with a base. Because base is the numerical value of two. Because as far as we're concerned, there's always two things that exist: God and the Zolosa. The other period. That's why the Torah doesn't start with Aleph, but it starts with a base. Because in the end of time, as far as we're concerned, we exist and we get all the pleasure that that means and Oyel Hab and so on. But the ultimate truth, reality, is that. God, in the end, basically did nothing based on His existence. And we cannot penetrate that mystery. But we don't have to, because if we're concerned, we exist, okay. I'm here, I'm giving a share, you're out there listening, hopefully, right? And so on and so forth, you know? We cannot penetrate that mystery. Just like we, it, we, we really can't even penetrate the mystery of Bechira. How can I cause something that's not in the mi- our mind of no, God?
1: Anyway, the dream. See, my, my main problem, I think, was Metaphor, 'Cause it that's almost like talking about what would look like relative to Hashem. What How can you talk about that? What? The, the dream metaphor. Yeah. That's isn't the, are you trying to describe us what we, we look like relative to, to Hashem? <clears throat> so that's that's my problem. I think I was the,
0: trying to compare the existence of the dream to God, the sleeper who's sleeping. That's what I was trying to do. I want to show you that the guy in the couch is real. The guy in the dream is a figment of the imagination of the couch. But not only is it a figment of the imagination, which means if the guy woke up, they would disappear, but it's more than that. Even while he's dreaming, it's not the same type of existence. That's why. It's really a great metaphor, although it doesn't... It, it, in a in, in sense, it doesn't get us, you know, but it is... You understand what I'm saying? Not only will they disappear when the guy gets up? But even when he's sleeping, it's not the same reality. He is. These guys really don't exist. They are part of his imagination. And that's the best way I can explain it. Yes, that's but all.
1: Yes, again, you're describing us Hashem. That's, that's the problem. Yes. And that's... that's well, that's what it is. Because you, 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 you're trying to understand what? I'm anyway. That's all
0: I want to say. No, not, not really. I'm just telling you what the Ramchal says, Ramchal in okay. And many people say, you okay. know, Literally. Yeah, go Anyway, I hope I... Okay. What can I say? It's not... I I. I uh, empathize with you. It's not easy to understand. Believe me. And it takes time. But it, that's what it is, you know. A
1: common... Yeah. A very practical, common dilemma. I got to get out of here. What? A very practical dilemma
0: we'll go based on what the said. Yeah. SG. So if we... With Manny, Manny and Bene, yeah. So why is it so uh, um, apt that we fool ourselves? Like what? Every once in a long time, 24-7. Okay. Um, we got to make, but if we don't work a little bit, there's no problem. can't do it. Right? That, that's the, I don't that's see the issue. It. I don't see where you're going with if this. We, if it was one G than S, yeah. we can sit and learn mm. to all No, you make me... No. Because you can be totally G, working for a living. Because there also you have to decide, am I making the money because it's my brains or it's God? You don't understand, SG exists in every single thing you will ever do, including working. But
1: isn't that also a major, a major goal?
0: It's yeah, because a person piece? would rather have his SG in Torah than in of working, fine. But that doesn't mean it doesn't exist there. You understand? Every quality has to do with SG, self and God. It exists anywhere, anything you do. Uh, anything you do. That, that's the whole point. But it's, but I, 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 it's too numerous to go into. No,
1: but the Koros of the says clearly when you get to the Madreya where there's
0: more G, you're 90% G. Okay. You can reduce your
1: pronunciation.
0: So that's Bitochen. So
1: isn't, that, isn't that the
0: God? Well, isn't that SG? The fact that you believe that now I could learn <coughs> because I'm making a panosso, I believe that God will send me the panosso continuously and now I can leave. That's G. Everything has a possibility of me or God. Everything. You know, of course we try to do something which is, you know, in a certain sense maybe more helpful than it's G. So if I learn Torah, then I know what God wants. So obviously, it's you know, uh, but it doesn't make a difference. You know what I'm saying? You could be in the coal pits of uh, of um, right. West Virginia. Yeah, I, I, I think I got coal down there, right? You know, and still you pick your SG. Uh, let me give you an example. See yourself am um, working very easy. <clears throat> I think I once told you this, but it's kedai here, right? The Zvila Rebbe, there used to be a very great man called the Zvila Rebbe. He was a Rebbe, right? It was a Baruch HaKodesh. I don't want to go into the whole thing, but anyway. So a Chosid once walked over, and this Rebbe did something interesting. He used to work for a he used to work for a living. Interesting. You know. So a Chosid came over to him and said to him, Rebbe, his Chosid, right? What's the difference between you and me, right? I say Kiddush, you say Kiddush. I work, you work. How come you're the Rebbe and I'm the chosid? Very interesting. Yes? You know what he answered him? Incredible answer. Right? He said, I'll tell you the difference. When I'm in the shop, right? Because I'm working, right? I'm thinking of Kiddush. When you're saying Kiddush, you're thinking of your shop. Let that sink in. What was he saying? When I'm in the shop, I'm thinking of what? Of Kiddush, you know, a Shabbos and God. I'm I'm thinking about G, not S. When you're saying Kiddush, which you're supposed to be thinking of God, you're thinking of S. Self. Well, did I make enough money today? You know, do I have enough inventory? Do I have enough marketing? Uh, That's all about S. Because you think you're the one who generates Pannosah. So it doesn't From there you see It doesn't make a difference What you do <coughs> It's what's your mindset You can be God Working Or you can be self In the base medrash It doesn't make a difference You know A guy can say He's talking with his uh, chavrusah You know And he comes up with a chiddush uh, You know And, and you know it's a, Wow what a chiddush I'm absolutely brilliant Yes Well He's talking about A New interpretation, of the Navalei, of of Torah, right? Right? And he's into S. Think about that, right? That's the, you have to, it's the mindset. Ultimately, that determines, uh, is it self? Because the illusion is in the mind. It's not in the body, you know? It's what do you think about this? So the illusion of self is the mind. And therefore, the dedication to God is the mind. Yes? Nobody knows what you're doing and so on, you see? So in the end, that's what the Zvila Rebbe is saying. In the, it's in the, in the mind. So when I'm working, right, I'm thinking about Kiddush, Shabbos, God. When you're in the store, when you're saying Kiddush, you should be thinking about God instead of thinking about the store. Come on, you see? That doesn't
1: mean the store is an illusion though. That's
0: the problem Again, it's the you know, I am No, no, but that's where the concept of self or God exists. It exists basically in the mind. Therefore, it doesn't make a difference what you're doing. You see? You can do it, no matter where you are, you can be doing God, you can be thinking about God, or you can be thinking about who I am. That's all. It's a nice, interesting story that classically illustrates the difference between the Zeril Rebbe and its Chassid. And it's true, you know, because uh, you know, it doesn't make any it difference where you are. This man was totally devoted to God, and therefore work was an interference in his ability to go to learn Torah. Um, was the other guy Kiddush was an interference in his ability to go. Nebuchadnezzar he had to take off a Shabbos. He couldn't keep working. It's all mine, you see, and that's what he said. Anyway, that's what I wanted to illustrate there. Okay,
1: okay.